Welcome down to my nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Bucks in the Basement. My name's Chris, and Craig here is the biggest Pirates fan you'll ever meet. Let's talk Pirates baseball now. Welcome to Bucks in the Basement. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say one thing, but then the next day. Nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. His name is Craig. 30 minutes of Pirates talk for fans by fans begins right now. This is Bucks in the Basement recorded in the last few hours of the MLB trade deadline. And uh, we're going to talk about what the Pirates have done so far. Good stuff to talk about on today's show. Plus, we're brought to you by Yins. I love that hat you have on. I want the black one, though. I think that the big Y with the black is the coolest thing that they have on the website. Dude, I don't know. I I know I'm not cool enough to wear the uh, the flat brimmed snapback because <laughs> I'm old. No, but... I can't do that either. I want the fitted one. Like I like those those ones that are they're not really just fitted. They're like you know like an I need a large XL thing that expands and contracts to my to my head. That those are my favorite kinds of of ball caps. And they make those as well, which I think is cool. Yeah, and they, I mean, dude, they have, like, all kinds of stuff on there. They have, the t-shirts are soft. I mean, it's just, and I love the brand itself because um, I, I'm down here in Florida. Just went to a Marauders game on Sunday with all the kiddos, all the nieces, nephews, everybody. Got so many comments on this hat, and they're like, what is that? And I'm like, dude, this is, this is the Yins brand. You can, I was watching a baseball game. And you always see that guy that has like the old Steelers jersey or something. Right, right. Or, or if you go to a Penguins game, somebody's wearing a Pirates hat. No, dude, get the Yins brand and you can wear it to everywhere. And it not only represents the city, but it represents like who we are. We're, we're Yinzers. I know, Just accept man. it. I know. Three dynasties, one brand. Yins represents all the black and gold. Follow at Shop Yins. Remember, there's two Z's in that for new merch drops and giveaways. Go to Shop Yins, Y-I-N-Z-Z.com. High quality comfort, lightweight materials, new modern look for the black and gold, and the proud sponsors of Bucks in the Basement. All right. The guy that they got in this deal for Quintana, there's two of them. One of them, it's very easy for any fan to look up and say, ooh, we got a prospect that just slid into right in our top 10 or just outside our top 10. Uh, it looks like Malcolm Nunez is going to be 11, according to the MLB pipeline uh, list of the top 30 Pittsburgh Pirates prospects. So you picked up a really interesting player right there. Johan Oviedo is the other one. He's a right-handed pitcher. I, I know a little bit about Nunez. What do you know about Oviedo, who we got in return for Quintana and Stratton? Well, Oviedo, uh, he's he's a guy that just really hasn't been able to put it together. Um, he does have like a nice uh, four seam fastball that almost like plays like a two seam sinker at times. Uh, he also, you know, it it causes like ground balls, so it almost plays like a sinker, even though they call it a four seamer. Um, his slider and his curveball, though, right now is is what's been 
kind of like holding him back a little bit just because it's either getting hit hard or it's going outside the zone. So, I mean, you you pull up the stuff, Chris, and like you said, we always just go, you know, straight to that that whip. And we go and, and you can see that, you know, he is used primarily as a reliever. Looks like they had him as a starter in 21, and then yeah. they, they moved him into the bullpen. And so yeah. he did get some time in, in 2021 at the major league level. He pitched 62 innings. Uh, he started 13 games. He was 0-5. Uh, it, was, it was not good. All right? So they, yeah. they move him into the bullpen. In the bullpen, he's been a middle reliever. That's what he is. The Pirates can decide, do we want to stretch him out? Do we want to leave him in the bullpen? I don't think he's the prize in this deal. The prize is the third baseman from Cuba who may not be a third baseman in the end. Probably a corner outfielder, maybe a first baseman, maybe he moves to DH. You see Nunez kind of struggle when he first gets to a level and then finally figure it out. And that's what's going on right now. OPS in the minors at every level eventually tops out in the low to mid 800s. That's a serviceable player. If you can keep that up when he goes from level to level and gets to the major leagues, he could be a nice piece. That's the center point, I believe, for Quintana, right? Yeah, and this was uh, this was Ben Charrington uh, thumb in the air. What's what's your thumb in your nose at somebody? Is that the saying? Chris? Yeah, you can thumb a nose. Who's he thumbing a nose at? He's thumbing a nose at, at his old buddy uh, Neil uh, Huntington, who had the opportunity to sign Malcolm Nunez out of Cuba uh, when he was, and he ended up signing, you know, with the Cardinals. But he was in the Pirates' back pocket this whole time. There was a story out there. Uh, I don't even know how I came across it. I don't know if I was reading, because I, I read everything, man. So like, even if I don't like it or I, you know, it, I may not agree with you for some reason, I just read everything just to kind of have all that in there. So yeah, it was basically, they went down and they had him in the back pocket and Huntington could have signed him if he wanted to, uh, but ended up not being able to, you know, he, he decided not to pull the trigger on this kid. And so now Ben Sherrington can do that. But yeah, I mean, what you're saying, Chris, is they he's been playing a lot of first base. Uh, he obviously, you know, he's he's another short first baseman or whatever it would be. But I don't even really care about size or I, I got to get off the Chavis and and stuff like that. But it's a right-handed power bat, uh, and he's definitely been you know climbing up through their rankings. I know people are going to point to Fangraphs and say, "Oh, the dude's only a 38 on Fangraphs." He's in and I trust Fangraphs, and it's a you know 40 future value or whatever. Dude, we all know these prospect lists. It, it, you just need to see how they develop. I don't care if you're, unless you're in like the top 100 and we need you to hit, then, you know, once you start getting down in the rankings, you're hoping that, you know, some of these guys can work out. So he could be 38, he could be 11. At this point, I, I'm not really too concerned about any of that. And the big thing with him is that he, uh, his K rate uh, is a big thing I look at. Uh, he, he's, he's been like kind of steady right around like a, a, a 21 and 19, but he increased this season. He increased his uh, base on balls from like 9.4 to 13.7, which doesn't seem like, you know, a ton but the way that affects, even though he has like the 255 average, it, it takes up the OBP. 
You know, he's hitting for power. And and the kid, like, he's like one of those little, like, uh, pocket Hercules or something, man. He got, you got, we got Tamar Johnson, who's maybe 5'8", and then now we got, you know, Malcolm Nunez, who may, might be 5'11", but who knows? I mean, I feel like it's a good move because we said, you know, is he a third baseman? Is he a first baseman? But you have, like, this athletic guy with some speed, with some raw power, you know, We'll see what it, we'll see what it works out to be. I mean, I know that I think the big thing with Fangraphs is they have his speed like around like a thirty. Fielding's not so great, but dude, if the bat plays, they'll find a spot for him. Well, that's the thing. I think if you start thinking of him as a as a first baseman, then you're not as concerned about his fielding. I read what they they said about him on MLB Pipeline, and they were talking about the fact that you know he has a strong arm for third base. But he also just doesn't seem to have that uh, that instinct, that athleticism that you need to have the, to feel that position in the major leagues. So you, that's probably what the low rating is. You don't need as much of that standing over at first, or you don't need it if you're standing in left field and you're relying on that arm to throw guys out at home plate and all he has to do is run over and catch a ball that's in the air, right? So things yeah. can change depending on how you're using him. What I find really interesting, and you touched on it, was the power that showed up this year. When he first comes into the Cardinals organization, he shows a little bit of power, right? And then you didn't see it. I mean, that was 2018. You don't really see anything. He also took all of 2020 off. He's one of those guys that didn't have a place to go play and had an entire year off. So when you're when you're judging minor leaguers and you see that empty year and you see a couple years where things weren't going right for him, it's, it's not the same because being away from baseball for a whole year can affect the guy's development. I, I don't think you could argue that. Seeing him in 2022 all of a sudden come out and knock 17 out of the ballpark for a guy that the year before only had nine and the guy the year before that had four or two. He had two the year before back in 2019. Here's a guy who's finding his power stroke all of a sudden. And it, yeah, I, I think if the Pirates went and picked him up last year, You'd be like, ah, this guy isn't that big of a deal. I think picking him up this year, he's a much he's a much better player. And you see the the arrows pointed up on him. He's not a guy who's stagnant in the minor leagues. This is a good pickup, especially for the fact that you go and you sign Quintana, you get something out of him, and then you go and you make a move where you get talent that you wouldn't have been able to acquire otherwise in Nunez. It's it's a it's a great deal. Yeah, because dude, I mean, when you were talking about it, he was in the DSL when he was 17 years old hit 415 with a 1.272 OPS and 13 home runs at 17 years old. Yeah. Like that that is just kind of unbelievable and I know a lot of people uh and we're going to get to it here Chris cuz I mean there's just so much going on. My brain is just like, "Oh my god, there's I, I like I said I went to the Marauders game. There's it's the trade deadline. It's, you know, trying to control I know what you want to get into is you want to get into Kevin Newman. I know you want to rub it in my face. I know that's what your plan is. That is my plan, but I'm going to start out with Chris Stratton just for a second here. People are like, why did we have to throw Chris Stratton in to like sweeten the deal? Couldn't we have gotten like something else back? And here's my thing is you you basically you gave up a a, a rental in in Quintana and and I liked what Quintana did this year. I liked what, you know, Tyler Anderson did last year. But I don't know if you're able to pull you know, a prospect like that high up, at least seen by the Pirates with that power, with whatever, 
with just Quintana. Maybe you can, I don't know. But it's not like Chris Stratton. I mean, he's got this year and he has one more year of ARB. But he's a guy that, you know, everybody's like still, you know, on the spin rate. It's like his spin rates are good. Well, I don't care what his spin rates are if you have a 1.549 whip this year. And you're just struggling. And you were brought back to be the setup man for David Bednar. And now you're having to put Will Crow in that position. Like, Chris Stratton didn't have a place. You went out and you got, you know, the Oviedo that could maybe fill in, in and see what he has instead of seeing, you know what, Stratton, we gave you this year. You were okay last year, 1.298 whip. We'll give you a shot to see, you know, if you can bring some of that spin back. Let's look at Oviedo now. We talked about, was it Colin Holderman, you know, possibly as a starter in the future, um, maybe not stretched out this year because it's time, but wouldn't you rather see, you know, what you have in in Colin Holderman and, and Johan Oviedo instead of just keep throwing Stratton out there? So that's just my take on, on Stratton and that whole situation of throwing it in. Uh, people are uh, incorrectly saying that, well, why wouldn't we just get some international bonus pool space for for Stratton? That that's still not a part of this this CBA and the old CBA. You can't trade. Uh, there's hard caps on it still. So anybody that's out there saying that it's it's misinformation. Um, and I did check that with uh, a, a very reliable source who actually knows a lot more about the CBA uh, than myself. <laughs> uh, and, and he and he confirmed it just because I was kind of questioning it. And I said, I don't think I'm crazy. I don't think you can do it. And you can't do it. Before we continue and before you jump into the uh, the inevitable Kevin Newman uh, rubbing it in my face that uh, I know you've been waiting all week to do after my comments on last week's show, a reminder for Pirates fans out there that Patrick's Pub and Grill has some great specials uh, all throughout the week. You like going to this place. This is like one of your spots. I know you and your wife go over there. Do you do the karaoke on Wednesdays from 9 to 12? Is that one of your things? Uh, you big actually, singer? Actually, my, my, my wife likes to get out of there before karaoke happens, but I kind of hold her in just so I can maybe get, you know, get my one song in there if I can. Walking in Memphis, and what's the guy's name? I can't even think about it, but I, that's my song. I'm just like, dude, I'm going to sing Walking in Memphis. And she's like, I'm like, can I just please sing that before we leave? And she's like... Do you have to? And I'm like, yes, yeah, I sing that song every time. So now you can make sure that you can see Craig um, attempt to sing on Wednesdays uh, between nine and, and midnight. And, and and I would suggest getting there right at nine because his wife is trying to drag him out the door. There's also open <laughs> mic every other Tuesday at 6 p.m. on the patio. And it's a beautiful patio there. I've been out there with you on that one. Sunday's wing day by eight. Get uh, the next eight half off. Uh, and then also the beer specials, all day IPA on a Tuesday for three seventy five. It's a solid uh, special. Patrick's Pub and Grill, twelve oh seven Spring Run Road Extension. Check them out online at patrickspub.org. All right, let's talk about Kevin Newman and the fact that I said Kevin Newman was never going to be any good, and I was like, I'm I don't believe in the Kevin Newman, and you know how can I be wrong here? All I have to do is look at the fact that in 2020, the guy hit 224 with a 556 OPS. And in his year 27 season uh, in, in 2021, he collects 554 plate appearances and it's 226 with a 574 OPS. He was what he was for two years. The thinking he was going to be anything like 2019 was just stupid. So why all of a sudden 
Is he for the season hitting 289 with a 760 OPS? And why, when you look at his last couple of weeks, and this I just don't get, this is either the light bulb getting really bright very quickly and you don't understand why and it's about to go out on you, or he's actually made a turnaround in the last 14 days, 333 with a 934 OPS, the last seven days for the Pirates, a 1206 OPS. Is this a flash or is this real, Craig? I don't know how to figure out Kevin Newman. And you know I like Kevin Newman as a ball player. Just like I said before, I think I used the word moxie. He just looks like a ball player. And he just looks like he should be like so much more. I mean, he he was, I think he was like the, the batting champ in like the Cape Cod League. So it fits even, even though he wasn't picked by... Charrington, it kind of fits into that mold of what he should be. But dude, I just look, even though, you know, he's he's got a a babip, which everybody are babip. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's 404 during that time. So that's like how sustainable is that? Over, you know, since he's been back. He's got like the 315 average. Especially when I know a lot of people are just like. They hate hearing about, you know, the exit velocities and the launch angles. And some people, that's just like not their cup of tea. But basically saying a guy who during that time has an average exit velocity of 85.9, that's not hitting the ball that hard. And so is stuff stuff just falling in? I, I don't really know because he does have eight doubles during that time. You know, no home runs. He had the home runs in 2019, but how much of that was the complete freaking juice ball that was used during that year? And is this just guy a, a gaps double hitter? And that's fine. But it, he is just such an enigma. The dude hits the ball so soft at times, and it's like, man, that, that just squeaked right through. But if it's working for him, is that really a bad thing? And like we were talking about before the show, Chris, is that you know, he was really good at the plate in, in 2019, but he wasn't great with the glove at that point in time. He hadn't developed, you know, that quick step. And and also with having him, like, at second base, he played really well. He was like a gold glove finalist at shortstop, and you're moving him to second base so Ono Cruz can, you know, slide into shortstop for a little bit here. He has less ground to cover, and he he's done so well at a shortstop, he's going to do it at second base as well. He can do it at shortstop. He's one of those guys that, I mean, is it a bad thing if if Kevin Newman is good? I mean, people, I swear to God, I, like I said, I think that people want Kevin Newman to be bad. And I know you don't, Chris. And, and, and it's like, a, it's a joke kind of like between us. It's like, because I think you had me trade, I traded you for him like in fantasy baseball, right when I first started doing the league back in like 2019 or yeah, and whatever. He, and he's been terrible for you ever since. And and you know what? I, I like to rub that in. But you want Kevin Newman to be good. And wouldn't it be great if the light switch went on at the age of 28? It seems improbable. It's not impossible that that's what happened. When I look at all of his advanced batting statistics, the one thing that stands out to me that could be the reason. I mean, sure, his BABIP, is high just like it was in 2019, which meant he had a certain amount of luck in 2019 when he did so well and made people think, all right, this guy's going to be a star at 25 years old before two years of just complete suckage at the plate, right? 
So this is the first time that that's up well over 300. Normally his BABIP sits at about 250, and, and right now it's in the mid 300s. It was 333 in 2019. But the thing that stands out to me is that in 2019, he went opposite field almost a quarter of the time, just under a 22.6% of the time. Last year, he only went opposite field 16% of the time. This year, he's back to 21.4%, which means he's using the whole field. And that could also point to why balls are falling in more and why his BAPIP is higher because he's using everything and he's not just getting up there and just trying to pull the ball. If it's a different approach at the plate, then it's something that could be sustainable. If that's really what's happening here, if he's taken a different approach, if somehow a light switch has gone on, if somebody got through to him, if somebody was telling him to change and he was like, no, I'm going back to what I used to do because what I, what they told me to do is killing me the last couple of years. I don't know what the story is, but if it's really just using the entire field and starting to take the ball opposite field and going where the pitch is. So if he's got an outside pitch, he's going to put it outside instead of trying to pull the ball all the time. And then that's something that could be sustainable. And then that's a huge thing for the Pirates because you still got a couple more years of control over him and he's still in his arbitration years and he's not leaving until 2025. And that accelerates your clock. If he's good all of a sudden, that accelerates your clock a little bit to competitiveness because that's a that's a really good piece that you that you have control of for a couple of years here in this window while you're waiting for some of these other middle infielders to finally get here. That would be huge for the Pirates. Yeah, and the big thing, I don't I don't know what he's doing differently because, I mean, the big joke with, like, Kevin Newman is, like, he doesn't walk, but he also doesn't strike out. Like, he would have, like, you know, I think last year his, his K rate was somewhere in, like, the sevens, but his walk rate was, like, down in, like, the fours or the fives. It was just, like, very, very weird. But since he's been back, he's, he's actually striking out, like, 20% of the time. Yeah, he's and, got a high strikeout rate. Yeah, which is weird for him, but he also still doesn't have the walk rate. But I don't know if he's like just basically trying to find that balance that if I maybe strike out a little bit more and I, I'm a little bit more aggressive at the plate, then I'm going to be making some more of that, quote unquote, you know, the hard contact or, you know, using all parts of the field. I'm not really sure. So this is like very weird because we're at the trade deadline here. And Chris, by the time this is like recorded, for some reason, there's teams out there that love Kevin Newman. Like the other broadcasts that I listen to, like they they like Kevin Newman. It's not that, you know, ours doesn't. So I know that like it's only been, you know, a couple weeks here and how well he's hitting. And, you know, he's if he hits well and then he can play, if somebody's looking for that, you know, second baseman or somebody's looking for, you know, that late inning, you know, defensive substitution. If you're looking for a guy to be coming off the bench. I mean, I don't, Kevin Newman's like a, a fairly cheap option for that. So we could be recording this and Kevin Newman's being traded in like two hours and we don't know that. Well, somebody would have to take quite a chance that this this is not just a quick flash, right? And and I don't know if a team's willing to invest a lot uh, to for something that's a, that's a real flip of the, the coin, a real roll of the dice. I mean, you can see though that his hard hit percentage is up. It's the highest it's ever been. His line drive percentage is up. It's the highest it's ever been. His ground ball rate is bottomed out. It's the lowest it's ever been. He's elevating the ball and going opposite field. I mean, it's a distinctive difference this year compared to all the other years in his career. So it could be a different approach at the plate. It might not just be the luck that the BABIP stat 
tells you that it is. And I, and I know we've mentioned it a couple times if people don't understand what that is. That's batting average on balls in play. It measures how effectively the defense turns the ball into an out. It essentially is telling you, if it's really high, that the ball is falling in more. And that could be just a sign of luck. That's really, that's the easiest way to kind of break it down. I know it gets a little bit more complicated, but when you see differences in where he's putting the ball, how he's elevating the ball, how hard he's hitting the ball, the increase in line drives, the decrease in ground balls, it could be sustainable because something has changed in his approach to the plate. So that that's, if I didn't see any changes, I'd be like, luck, he's just having a hot couple of weeks. I have a little bit of belief that he might be turning it around by looking at those numbers. That said, you're never going to convince me that a guy has a hot month and you could just put away everything you've seen over the last couple of years. He's got to do this the rest of the year. He does this the yeah. rest of the year, then I'll stop getting off of his case. Okay? Maybe this is what got him going. Maybe he listens to Bucks in the basement. Maybe he listened <laughs> to me mock him. Maybe he listened to me call him Cole Tucker, but you like him. Yeah, that would upset me. Would you? Can you imagine a ball player being told you're Cole Tucker without the hot girlfriend? Like, that would tick me off. Like, maybe I would hit the ball harder and put more line drives out there and be more determined. Maybe we inspired Kevin Newman to be a better baseball player. And if that's what if that's what our role is here, I'll take it. Dude, I, and for some reason, the water boy, this, the old Adam Sandler movie just popped into my head where, like, he sees, like, the person's face on, like, all uh, anybody that's making him mad and he just, like, absolutely kills him. He sees like, my mug Ke- on Ke- every Kevin ball. Newman is just on the ball. It's just Chris's face is coming in and just this big smiling face. And he's just like, I am going to crush this ball. Right, right. Chris Lunuti, like, I'm crushing him. Right. I'm standing out there on the mound. All of a sudden, the pitcher's face uh, changes in the mind. And all he hears is me sitting there making fun of him and calling him Cole Tucker without a hot girlfriend. <laughs> I don't even know what his girlfriend looks like. He's probably got a hot girlfriend, too. They're all ball players. They all got hot girlfriends. I, I I'm, 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 I'm actually pretty sure he's married. Then, then, then he's married. He's not getting traded. You don't you don't acquire a guy who just gets hot for the first time in three years. You can't do that. 2020 terrible. 2021 terrible. Has a hot month, which those stats for his month are really influenced by the last two weeks that they even bring up the month, right? And nobody's yeah. going to make a deal at the deadline right now for him that you're going to get anything. Dude, that I, I, and I know that. And the big thing is, is that everybody's talking like, you know, what everybody else is getting in returns and stuff like that. But we've said it a million times before. The pirates didn't have the collateral outside of trading a Reynolds to bring back the returns that we're seeing you know, in the rest of Major League Baseball. They just don't, they just don't have that collateral. Now I see the changes in this town. They change, they say.